Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope that you enjoy this message today. Thank you, Lord. Uh, you know, I can't remember where I tell, the, I, I tell, tell my stories um, and the things that God speaks to me, but I guess it really doesn't matter. Because um, his, his, his testimonies the testimonies of Jesus in our life are very powerful and very real. John called them the, the spirit of prophecy. And uh, I, I know from my life, every time I talk about something real that God did in my life, I began to step into the edge of that. And there was, there was an unexpected life-changing moment, kind of like Paris was talking about a, a life-changing moment that she had this week. And I had one of those, uh, it was a number of years ago, this was probably this particular life-changing moment was probably 1976, 75 or 76, and um, it, was, it was just another, another work day. You know, how many people, you know, it's, it, it, every work day is kind of like Groundhog, Groundhog Day. You get up, do the same thing at the same time, you go through the same routine for some people, and that's how it was for me. This particular time, I was in, in my tree plant, planting mode. We were seven months up in the mountains, and this particular time we were camped in a tent about two hours outside of Coos Bay, Oregon in the coastal mountains. And every day we'd get up and um, somebody from Coos Bay out there, <laughs> every day we'd get it, you're from Coos Bay? <laughs> Oregon, awesome, a beautiful state. Yeah, it's a beautiful state. And we were, um, we'd get up in the morning or get up and go through our routine and get up and, and, and um, have our breakfast and have our devotional time. and all load up in the trucks, about 28 skies, and load up in our trucks and go off to the, wherever the site was that day to plant trees. But that one particular morning, we had a break. God gave us a break because it started snowing, and you couldn't, you couldn't plant trees in the snow. It was too cold. So, you know, part, you know, you have mixed feelings, you know, sorrowful yet rejoicing, you know, because it's, you know, it happens like on a snow day, you can't go to work. Oh, darn. I don't have to go out there and plant today. So, you know, it's... But we climbed. So that day, they blessed us. We all climbed in the trucks and we drove to town, which was a rare, rare treat for us. And I was wandering through town and I stumbled into a bookstore. And most of you probably heard this story before. I stumbled into this bookstore and I found a little book in this bookstore, a little mini book, probably costs a dollar or a dollar fifty. And it was called Let Us Draw Near, was the name of the book by Andrew Murray. And I, I got that book. It's just a little excerpt from, from his, his, his commentary on the book of Hebrews, the holiest of all. And I got that little book, and I had no idea that this one little book would change my life. It changed my life because it, in, it began to introduce me into a new way of life. He kept talking about a phrase that was the author of Hebrews used. He called it a, a new and living way. Everyone say new and living way. And I was, I was beginning to discover, as I was reading this book, there was almost like a, a fragrance coming out of this book. The book was about 100 years old, but out of this book, there was a fragrance that was still as alive, as alive as anything I'd ever seen before. It was a living testimony of Christ walking in this world and offering us a new and living way to live our lives. Life that, that he called behind the veil. Life in the holiest of all. Life in his presence. A, a life that can be in the midst of 
Katrina or in the midst of problem marriage situations or stuff at work or or whatever kind of chaos or stress you're facing this week but in the midst of whatever it may be whether it's in a in a hospital bed or in a prison cell or in a job somewhere in the midst of any of those things there's a place a new and living way of access into the holiest of all that I began to smell that day I began to smell it, it became real to me, it began to affect me because I was having a hard time facing work every day, facing the circumstances that I was in. It was just physical problems. You know, it wasn't money problems, I didn't have to worry about money or any of that, but it was cold and rainy, and I didn't want to work in the cold and rainy. And I I needed to smell that other world. I needed to taste that other world. I needed to feel that other world. I needed to to live in that other world because this this world was just not, was not enough for me. It wasn't satisfying. There was too many problems in it. I needed to find out there was a new and living way to live my life. So these, these are the verses that that book was based on. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 23. Very powerful. This is the, really the, 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 center theme of the, of the book of Hebrews. He's been teaching from Hebrews chapter one to Hebrews chapter 10 about the heavenly ministry of Jesus, about our heavenly high priest, how this son of God and son of man is seated at the right hand of God, that he's offered himself as a sacrifice for us. And now he's seated there as our heavenly priest and our heavenly mediator interceding for us and beckoning us in to the presence of God. And with this incredible revelation, we hear these words, let us draw near. Let us come near to this new and living way. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now, the things I'm going to share with you today, you know, they can be, oh, the same old, same old, I've heard that before, or it can be entrance to you into the other worlds. So this, these, are, these are precious words. They are, these are words of invitation. This, the author of Hebrews is telling us that we have access today into what he called the holiest of all, which was, was, the, was the type of the presence of God in the tabernacle of Moses. It was the, the holiest of all. It was the place where the, the Ark of the Covenant was. It was the place where the Shekinah glory of God was visibly manifest in this tabernacle. It was the place that only the high priest himself could enter into once a year. And when he entered in, he had to bring a blood offering for himself and for the people. And he went in with fear and trembling, hoping against hope that his offering would be received because if it wasn't received, they'd drag him out dead by the rope tied around his leg. That's how he entered into the holy place once a year. But Paul is saying, he's telling us now, my brothers, oh, the way has been opened up for us. Let us, let every one of us, let the newborn Christian, let the brand new baby Christian, let the person that's walked with God for 50 years, let us all, let us draw near, let us come into this holiest of all, the only way anyone can come in. Let's come in by the precious 
shed blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, we have an offering, a better offering than animal sacrifices. The blood of Jesus has been poured out. And I have to, that's the way I consciously enter into his presence. I've been entering into his presence and learning to enter into his presence for 40 years. And we still come in 40 years later the same way we came in the very first day. When I heard about the cross of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ and the redemption of my soul by the power of his blood. I come in today. I come in not with fear and trembling. I come in with boldness into this place of intimacy with my God, this new way to live my life by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. So we have access into his presence. Oh yeah, every moment of every day. If you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. You confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And you can come into his very presence without a sense of shame or guilt. You can come with boldness and confidence before the throne of grace. And you can find help for whatever problem you're facing today. Whatever it may be. Whether it's money trouble, sickness problems, family problems. You can find grace to help today. Come in to this new and living way. He goes on to say, he says, um, therefore brethren have having boldness enter the, the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. This new and living way, this is really the, 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 what, what, what Victory Fellowship is, is all about, the new and living way, the new and living way. It's not just something that we we get when we're in trouble. It's not just something we get when we have a revival. It's not just something we got when we got saved, a way into his presence. But it's a new way to live my life. A new and living way. What is that new and living way? It's life behind the veil. Life in the presence of God. Life in his anointing. Walking in the spirit. Abiding in Christ. Recognizing that it's possible and it's actually available and expected for us to walk in the newness of life and have a sense of him in our life every day of our life. This is what Watchman Nee called the the normal Christian life. The normal Not the exceptional, not the above average, not the super spiritual, but the average and normal Christian life. For every Christian, not for the super committed, not for the radicals, no, not for the nucleus of the church, not for the preachers, the normal Christian life, the new and living way, it's the only way we can live our lives in this world. Access into the holiest of all. Oh, you can, you can start your day like that. When you, when you get, begin to pray and you seek the Lord and you begin to say, our Father, which art in heaven, Father, I thank you that I can come today into your presence because of the blood of your precious son. Father, I thank you, Lord, that heaven's been opened for me. The veil has been torn and I have access. There's not a, there's not a, a blockage between me and God. There's no brass, there's no doors, there's no walls, there's no barriers. My sin has been removed and I have access into your presence. And Lord, I can come near, and Lord, I can abide in your presence. Lord, you'll walk with me, and you'll talk with me, and you'll be with me, Lord God. You'll be with me in my car. You'll be with me on the job. You'll be with me when I'm facing crisis. You'll be with me when I'm experiencing victory. You'll be with me every moment of every day. Lord, I have access into this new and living way to live my life, life behind the veil. 
And it goes on, this is, this is such a powerful passage. He says, let us draw near with a true heart. Everyone say a true heart. Let us draw near. So there's, there's, a, there's an act of my will. I have, to, I have to consciously and actively activate my faith and draw near. I draw near to his presence. And it says, it says how here? It says, I draw near um, with, a, with, a, with, a true, with a true or sincere heart. You know, there's a, a, a powerful story in the Bible, in the book of John, about a woman in John chapter 4. And, and this woman was, you know, probably like many, many other people in our culture today. She was somewhat a religious woman because she talked about the scriptures and talked about the way they worshiped in her church. But she also was struggling because she had already had five husbands and the guy she was living with, she wasn't married to. Sound like New Orleans to me. Go to church, everything's great, they can quote the scriptures, but I'm on number six and we're not even bothered to get married this time. Is anyone listening to me out there? Well, so Jesus is, he's, he's loving this woman and in, in, interacting. Now, loving is not just accepting your lifestyle. But he's, he's, bringing, he's bringing a new way to live into her life, a new and living way. He's bringing to her, introducing to her a new way to live her life. You don't have to live, you don't have to live this way, second rate, just having a form of religion and trying to get your satisfaction from the next man who will never meet your expectations. And so he begins to minister to her and he says, I have a life to give that you don't know about. I have water to give that if you'll drink from this water or this life that I have this new and living way, if you'll drink from this, it'll satisfy you totally and completely. And uh, he went on to tell her, he, he said, he explained it to her, he said like this, he says, God, God is a spirit, Jesus said. He said, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in, and in truth. The word that, that Jesus used, there's this word in the Greek language, aletheia, which doesn't mean just worship him according to a cert, certain pattern or, or to worship him a certain way or, or to worship him according to the proper etiquette, but it means reality. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and must worship him for real from a true heart, from a pure heart. This is what Paul was saying in this passage. He says, we have to come near with a, with a true heart. We have to come near with a pure heart. It's not a formula. I just mentioned the blood, so I'm automatically there. I just go A, B, C, and, and I, I, know the, I know the steps, so I'm automatically in. No, he says we have to come in by the blood, with a pure heart, with a sincere heart, with our hearts, with our passionate hearts. That's the way in. That's the way in. So I come in. Oh, Father, I need you. I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you more. I forgot the words to this song. I need you more. I need you more. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord Jesus. So the point, the point is a, a true heart. 
Why don't you just try it right now? Just lift your hands with me. Oh, Jesus, I need you. Lord, I come in by the precious blood. I need you in my life. I need you in my circumstances. I need you in my marriage. I need you more. I need you more than yesterday. I need you more, Lord God, than I've ever needed. I need you, God. Lord, I come in. I come into this new and living way. I come in, Lord Jesus. I come in by the precious blood. And I come in, Lord, with a pure heart, with a true heart. Thank you, Jesus. So this is a heart thing, y'all. It's a totally about heart. You know, I've come to the conclusion that church as we know it is set up to keep you from engaging with your hearts. Traditional church. The whole point is to, to, to do anything to, but to get the real, to, to keep real feelings from being expressed. You go to church when real emotions are expressed and think, that place is wacky, they're weird. But they go to whatever, they go to the bowl, a bowling alley and they're screaming, they go to whatever, the football game or they catch a trout and they're screaming and carrying on or somebody scores a touchdown and they're, they're shouting. But, but you're not supposed to, in church as we know it, in, 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 a, in churches with a form of godliness, you, you can do everything, but don't ever get your heart involved. And it's the only way in, that's the scary thing. It's the only way in. If your hearts, it's like getting married, but hey son, you can marry this woman, but don't let your heart get involved in the marriage, in your relationship. Don't ever let your heart, don't ever express your emotions. Don't ever tell her how you, you really feel, like you really love her or whatever. Don't ever express your emotions. You gotta, you gotta guard yourself and keep, keep, it, keep it, you know, dignified. Dignified is not spiritual. Dignified is religious. It's not spiritual. That's why there's, that's, yep. So, so church, so we need to reinvent church. You know, that's why you have to, you have to worship for a while because our, our, our heart, let's face it, many of our hearts are, are glommed over from being out in that mess all week and it takes a while to even plow through to, to even get to your heart. If you sing three little simple songs and go on to a, a sermonette with three points and a poem and then dismiss, you know what's going to happen? You're not going to ever get your heart engaged. Your heart's never going to be confronted. Your heart's never going to get engaged in service. Your heart's never going to be convicted. We have to come in to this new and living way. We come into this new and living way, having a, the blood of Jesus has washed us clean, and we come with a pure heart, with a sincere heart, with a whole heart into this way of life. In verse 22, he goes on to say, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Wow. You know, so you, our, all of us have, have stuff in our memory banks. You know, we have stuff, and some of it, regretfully, is newer than it should be. Stuff in there. But thank, thankfully, we have an advocate with the Father. And we have, we have someone that will cleanse us. What's he looking for? Confession is what he's looking for. He's looking for us to come clean to come clean before him, to recognize before him, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Would you wash me in your precious blood? Lord, I thank you, Lord God. You know, in the, in the tabernacle, there wasn't just the, the blood offerings being offered in the holiest of all. They, they, if they had the offerings in the holy place, offerings in the holiest of all, and they went around shaking blood on everything. 
They were sprinkling butt on everything in that tabernacle. They were sprinkling it all around because everything in our life, our thing, it all gets all goofed up and infiltrated and defiled by living in this godless society that we live in. We need to be sprinkled with his blood in our thought life all the time. We need to come before Lord God, thank you. Thank you, God. You're, you've cleansed even my conscience, Lord God. All that stuff in the past, washed. You're not holding me under it. I'm, I'm washed. I'm putting on Christ. My sins are washed away. I stand before you with a sense of purity and godliness. My sins are washed away. I have the, the garments of righteousness on. I'm dressed with the garments of Christ before you, Lord God. My conscience is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Now this next part, this is powerful. This next, he says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Now look at this, our bodies washed with pure water. You know, when you get in, when you get water baptized, you need more than sprinkling. You know, we, we baptize by full immersion here. You go the whole thing, you, well, even the top of your head has to get under the water. Full immersion. Now it's a picture of a reality of immersion, full baptismal submersion into the Holy Spirit. Where we come under the influence of the Holy Ghost. It'll be okay, y'all. It's gonna be okay. It's okay. Someone just go pray for uh, Umberto. Someone just lay your hands on him and pray for him. He's okay. Pray for him. God's healing him. Touch him, Lord. Touch him and heal him in Jesus' name. It's okay, guys. Y'all don't have to all go over there. Just have a seat. We don't need a bunch of people over there. It's okay. Just look over here. Well, over here. So we have to be submerged into the person of the Holy Ghost, our whole being. Now this, here's the deal. Your, your whole being is involved in your spirituality. Now I'm gonna go to meddling in your life right now. But the things you do, the places you go, the things you look at, the things you put in your body, that whole part of that somehow is affecting your spiritual condition. I know all things are sanctified by the word of God in prayer, I got that. But you can sanctify it with the word of God in prayer and still die of, of heart clogged, your arteries clogged with all kinds of garbage. You can have all kinds of, of purified Popeye's chicken it's still gonna kill you. You can sanctify it all you want. Your blood, your, your veins are gonna get clogged with it. You'll, they'll cut you open and you'll have red beans and rice coming out of your veins. So no, it doesn't, it doesn't justify us before God, but it affects our fellowship with him here. It affects our ability to draw near. It affects our ability to walk in his nearness and fellowship with him. Listen, now listen to this. This is a quote from Murray's, from that little book that, I, that I've been talking about. He says, our bodies washed with pure water. It's not only in spirit, but with the body too, we enter into the holiest of all. It is on us here where we are in the body that the presence of God descends. Our whole life in the flesh is to be in that presence. The body is very specially the temple and in charge of the Holy Spirit and the body of the Father is, is, is to be glorified. 
Our whole being, body, soul, and spirit is in the power of the Holy Spirit, a holy sacrifice upon the altar, a living sacrifice for service before God. With the body too, we live and walk in the holiest. Our eating, our drinking, our sleeping, our clothing, our labor and relaxation, all these things have more influence on our spiritual life than we know. They often interrupt and break the fellowship we maintain. The heart and the body are inseparably joined. A heart sprinkled from an evil conscience needs a body washed with pure water. Now, what this is saying is, as I get into this new, as I yield myself, as I come near by the blood of Jesus, and I come under his anointing, and I begin to to live this life behind the veil, his, his presence comes upon me, and he begins to affect my whole being. He affects not just my spirit, man, but he affects my emotions. He washes my emotions and cleanses my emotions. And then he begins to affect my body and my will and my heart. And he begins to to call me into a different kind of life. And I have to yield to that. And if I I don't yield to his inner urgings, what's going to happen is I'm going to hinder my ability to walk in this place of nearness to God. Are you hearing me? Oh yeah, we have, it's a constant yielding. It's a constantly saying yes, because he wants our our whole beings. He doesn't just want our spirit for heaven. He wants our spirit, soul, and body. He wants to be glorified in the whole man. He wants to live in you. He wants to live through you. He wants to radiate Christ in your life. He wants to glorify Christ through your testimony, through your healing, through the healing of your mind, through the health and wholeness of your body. He wants to live in you and he wants to live through you. So we draw near, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. We offer a pure, we come before him with a pure heart and having our bodies washed in pure water underneath the the glory of this living water, the living water of the Holy Ghost, baptized and immersed, the whole thing. When I lay myself on the ground before God, I'm saying, Lord, take me, baptize the whole thing. When I get under his anointing, when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm saying, Lord, I yield my body, spirit, soul, and body. Take it all, Lord God, move in me and move upon me. Have my life for your glory. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna, let, me, let me read the rest of this here. He says, so, so hold fast. He says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises is faithful. And this is what Paris was talking about. For you have need of endurance, so that when you've done the will of God, you might receive what is promised. It's not good enough to start. You have to run the race all the way to the finish line. You have to, to finish your race. Run with endurance. Run with perseverance. How will we really know? How will we really, really, really know that you've been saved? How will I know? Well, I won't know. I mean, it's between you and God. I'll know. You know how I'll know? When I see you in heaven. That's how I'll know. That's how I'll know. Because if you got it, my friend, if you got it, if you got it, if you got it down in your soul, if you've got him, this holy God, living down in your soul, he's doing a work, he's doing the willing to do inside of you. He's bringing you to the end of your race. You're going to run this race with endurance. You're not just going to start strong. You're going to finish strong. You're going to run to the end. You're going to press into this new and living way and live your life. 
Get a hold of God. Let him get a hold of you. We haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen anything yet in our city. Oh yeah, there are, there are obstacles to our faith. There are Katrinas and there are political upheavals and there are economic upheavals. There are calamities and chaos in this world, but there's a God who's the author and finisher of our faith. Persevere to the end. Hold fast your confession of hope. And he goes on and says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. If you see some brother or sister, you know somebody that's wavering. Instead of just listening to their nonsense, get a hold of them. Go shake them if you have to. Go get a hold of them and shake the garbage out of their life. Don't let them walk away. Don't let them backslide. Don't let them walk back out into the foolishness of this world. Don't listen to their carnality. And they're, they're, you know, you know what happens? Inevitably it always happens. Someone gets this in their heart. They're starting to get tempted in the world to go back into the world. But they'll go to church for a while. But they go looking for an offense. It won't take long. It's not going to take long. Oh, you can find one every day. All you got to do is look for it. Because there's plenty of offenses in here. Because you got human beings in here, still dealing from the all of, every one of us, from the pastor staff all the way down to the newest person, every one of us are dealing with our issues, all of us. And I promise you, you're looking for an offense, you'll find one. So you find someone instead of listening to their offense and say, oh, "I just know how you feel," yeah, man, you should see what they did to me, <laughs> and whatever. Listen to that fool. You know what, what you're doing? It's, you know what it's like? It's like taking a millstone and tying it around somebody's neck and throwing them off the cliff. Jesus actually said, it'd be better for you if someone did that to you than if you were to offend one of these little ones. Anyway. So, and then this last part of the thing, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. But exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching. That day is approaching. The day of all days is approaching. And he says, do not forsake the assembling together. Don't, don't, and, and that's not just, you know, I, I show up for part of Sunday morning service. If you notice what I just said. I show up for part of Sunday morning service. But there's no response. <laughs> Yeah, but some of you didn't get here until about an hour into it. <laughs> Whatever. I, I'm talking about the whole package. There's a whole lot more that goes on to the assembling of the saints than what happens from here at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Because the body of Christ is going on seven days a week. There's activity and involvement and interaction and fellowship and teaching and encouragement in the classes and the cell groups and the ministries and the outreaches and all the stuff in the homes and ministering in the nursing homes and in the prisons and in the hospitals and, and on the streets and in the school and in Mary's song and on the missions fields. And it's all taking place all the time. Forsake not the assembling together of the saints, but gather together because we are the light of the world. We are a light in this city in these last days. So as we close in prayer, I'm going to read this passage again. Now this has to be the, really one, the theme. This, this, I think this probably birthed me into, 
into ministry. I don't think without this moment in my life in 1976, I would have been able to go into the ministry. This showed me the life that I, that I needed, not only drink of myself, but to give to others. Having therefore brethren, having boldness, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at victoryfellowship.net for service times and locations.